Welcome to the Flow State podcast. I am Flow State founder and managing director, Stuart P. Turner. In this five-episode mini-series, we're talking about the implications of AI, cutting through the hype to talk about real-world use cases, real examples, and what it means to people in their day-to-day jobs. Welcome to the show, Eve. Thanks for coming on. Um, so you're, I was trying to do like a short intro, but as you're a woman with many accolades and feathers in your cap, it was hard to summarize. But um, most recently, you're a published author, growth expert, uh, a fellow expat, but over in Colorado. Um, is there anything else that you, you want to call out from your expansive career that you think is important <laughs> for people to know? I think that another one I can probably add to that uh, lately, uh, recently I got invited by the State Department and uh, um, I'll be representing the U.S. government um, to go to Bulgaria Wow! Um, to uh, basically do some economic uh, development exchange. <laughs> Amazing. So, uh, yeah, I'll be heading over there in September. It's um, pretty exciting and uh, um, I just had a meeting this morning actually. It uh, sounds like I'll be doing a couple classes uh, in Bulgaria as well. <laughs> So um, possibly one entrepreneurial uh, institute and another one is um, possibly like a, a college environment. Wow, that'll be amazing. That's pretty cool. Yeah, really, really looking forward to it. And uh, I believe that is actually my first time to go to Europe. So really looking forward to it. Oh, that'll be amazing. I hope you got some uh, some travel time and some, you know, sort of personal time to go and see the see the country as well. I hope so, but uh, uh, we'll see because uh, um, I, I also have a lot on the back in Colorado here, so uh, I'll be pretty <laughs> pretty tight in terms of time and I need to get back home pretty soon. I like it. Just keep keeping busy. That's the way forward, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And did I tell you I'm also writing my second book now? Then... You didn't actually know. How, how's that been going? Oh, okay. So um, that second book is actually going to be interesting. It's uh, um, gonna, going to focus on growth product management, uh, which is another uh, buzzword that is uh, um, starting to become pretty popular lately. And so really it's uh, um, um, teaching a product manager to step to the next level and to, uh, really focus on strategic components of product management, product, product development side of things. So yeah, um, okay. yeah uh, I'm kind of like a third way through the book and uh, working with a publisher this time. So um, wow. totally different ball games. Uh, they certainly know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Have they been uh, putting putting the pressure on a little bit? <laughs> a little bit more pressure, that's for sure. I can't really do it on my own terms this time. Well, look, that's actually quite a good segue because I've been uh, I've actually started reading your first book, which I'm finding very interesting so far. Um, and given that we're kind of loosely here to talk about, you know, AI and the, the general implications, um, I've kind of taken from what I've read so far, I've taken away there's a very sort of human focus from your first book. So are you now that you're into the second, like how, how do you feel about the explosion of, uh, of AI tools within the context of, of what you've written and the things that you've kind of created and, and recommend in your books? Yeah, um, I think uh, artificial intelligence. It really, that it, it really becomes, uh, um, you know, the end of the mainstream um, lately, right? You know, especially after ChatGPT, OpenAI launched the uh, uh, the platform, right? And then you know you start hearing about, you know, uh, obviously Bark is uh, um, trying to. Actually, they've been working on that for a number of years now. Then, yeah, um, just a little bit slow to market, but. Uh, um, 
Uh, I'm sure that is, you know, coming out with uh, very competitive products on Google as well. But, you know, AI has really been around for a long time. To, um, I don't know, like, uh, if uh, your audience know about the backgrounds. And um, I think it traces all the way back to, like, 1951. And mm. uh, AI was invented, you know, um, but in UK. Uh, I think that's where you come from, right? <laughs> it sure is. Where all yeah, the best stuff comes from, Eve. Yeah, this, and, and without a doubt, like in a lot of like really uh, innovative, um, truly revolutionary technology come from the UK market, and um, so it has been around, and uh, um, it certainly has tons of implication, just like social media and um, internet, and there's always pros and cons to it, right? Mm. And depending how you use it, you know how you view it, and um, you can go. Either way, you know, you can go down really negative and you can go also become really positive and empower humans and, um, you know, to do our jobs better and this focus us on the uh, where we can really add value that machine cannot do it. So uh, I personally, you know, um, the, you, you read my book and my book is really more strategic and it's a, it's a really, I, I position that as a mini MBA book for marketers. And uh, really, you know, um, get marketers to think beyond their functional role and mm. start thinking about, you know, how uh, their job matters in the broader sense, you know, uh, in the 10 elements that I spoke about with the revenue generation the, uh, value chain. And it uh, um, goes into like, you know, your process, your structures, and uh, uh, also technologies that be components. Um, you know, starting to really think like a general manager instead mm. of uh, uh, functional marketing about campaign, about, you know, go-to-market awareness and those kind of, those kind of tactical strategies. So, um, yeah, you know, uh, I guess I did mention a little bit, you know, um, about AI, not, not you know, to any depth whatsoever uh, in my first book. Um, but, you know, it is, you know, in this context of when AI, you know, ex exploding, um, that book is written, right? And also, uh, the book is written really during pandemic as well. Yeah. And pandemic also became a uh, catalyst, you know, uh, really pushing digital trans transformation to another level, um, you know, and, and also giving uh, a lot of companies an opportunity to test out, you know, we actually can do it uh, virtually. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot yeah. of a lot of uh, tasks can be performed that way. And, um, so it has, again, it has good and bad and, uh, um, you know, I know some companies trying to bring people back to the office, um, again, that, you know, uh, AI technology, you know, um, you know, I, I guess that, you know, to can, can help out with marketers, uh, given that and you and I both are marketers, you know, uh, we can, uh, leverage that technology to do our jobs, um, you know, both in person, both remotely uh, and remotely. And to really elevate the productivity side of things, and uh, even that increasing the accuracy, because uh, um, machine, you know, uh, really has less errors. Um, you know, humans, we can make a lot more mistakes than machine yeah. if we train them accurately, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, um, but you know, having said that, you know, my first book really is that managerial concept, and also. Um, really teaching uh, marketers with that growth mindset. Um, you know, it, it is a valuable in a way that, you know, um, if we, we look at, looking at uh, AIs uh, from the negative component, 
I think uh, first thing a lot of people are thinking that, oh no, it's gonna take my job, right? <laughs> yeah. But you know, There's if you look at my, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, but that's what humans, what we're really good at is continue to strive for excellence, continue to improve ourselves, right? And my book really is trying to challenge marketers to think strategically. And that is something that, you know, if we can uh, jump to the next level, um, you, you don't need to be scared about artificial intelligence. In, in, in fact, you can enhance, uh, um, um, you know, your day-to-day execution of your strategy. I, I totally agree with you. I think there's a lot of, uh, I guess you would say, like tactical panic about the, um, you know, the impact currently, maybe because people don't don't really fully understand how it can or can't be leveraged, or maybe they just haven't really been keeping up with, um, you know, with the times and, and technology available. But I think the point you just made about efficiency and reducing errors is a really interesting one. Because I'm sure I'm sure you're aware as well. There's a lot of wasted time and money in marketing for various reasons across various different areas so um i guess not to put you on on the spot too much Eve, but if you if you were going to pick sort of the, your top three areas where you think that um you know but based on the um the principles you put forward in in the book like where, where do you think the the best kind of use of these kind of generative tools or models is for a marketer like right now that you could just say okay if i was going to do these three things tomorrow they would really make a difference. Um, do you do you have anything that's your kind of current go to? Um, right. I think the biggest adoption when AI went mainstream is the content generation side of things, right? So mm, yeah, okay. whether it's uh, uh, text format or imagery, so um, yeah, AI has you know really um, produced you know this powerful. Um, machine that you know it, it can really do things you know i don't know probably a hundred times faster right and more accurate um and more professional as well mm. and um so you know but having said that you know if i was to apply down down to the um one of the um the areas you know i talk about about know your customer so that is not uh one of the 10 elements that i focus on in the revenue generation uh value chain um so using machine um you know to develop content but ultimately you know you still need to have that strategic um you know elements in place to really understand who is your ideal customer mm. and, you know, what do they look like? And, you know, B2C and B2B, very, very different, you know, in terms of uh, how do you would go about to craft that persona profile and um, their buyer journeys as well. And um, get to the point that, you know, um, AI will be super powerful if you apply. Uh, once you have the strategy in place and then, you know, you can use AI to do those uh, research as well as, you know, uh, getting to predictive learning and yeah. then really to get, you know, improve your um, uh, customer persona and to get to really accurate um, level in a very short, um, you know, uh, space of a time. Yeah. And, um, also that, you know, um, marketers, you know, I, I don't need to mention anymore, but uh, we all kind of challenge with time. Um, you know, when I was in-house marketers, you know, I'm, I'm basically, you know, being brought in to do three person's job. Mm. So then, you know, Which is typically the way, right. You know, you're kind of brought in for, <laughs> for one job that turns into many. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but AI, you know, uh, really help that in that context, you know, you can actually, some of the, um, 
I guess in more low lower um you know skill levels and more kind of repetitive and um you can actually you know count down the AI to do things better than you can. Mm. So um, I think the combination is really powerful. You know, um, any marketers, you know, jumping to that, um, to really uh, using uh, AI technology to um, really get your customer profile to more accurate levels. And then, you know, using AI to generate appropriate content along that buyer journey. I think, you know, it is absolutely a positive and a very powerful tool, right? Yeah. And um, and then you know if I look at you know um, analytic point of views and there are uh, now that you know marketing at, uh, attribution platforms out there and um, again that AI has that ability to get into that predictive you know um, stage right mm. so um, a lot of the platform actually I just recorded a, um, another podcast you know with my show and with an expert on data and uh, um, yeah okay. Yeah, so in, um, they have a, uh, he's a co-founders of a marketing attribution platform called uh, Caliber Mind. Mm. And they started to building, you know, looking in, into AI, how would that actually apply with marketing attribution? And how can they, you know, because, you know, marketing... It's like the, whole, the holy and, grail, right? Getting, getting to the uh, the dream picture of how everything comes together. 100%. And, and, and data, you know, uh, is uh, it really is a skill of science. But at the same time, uh, analytics, you know, in marketing context is never accurate. Um, you know, if you tell people it's, you know, uh, all this data is going to pinpoint down to the uh, the exact, you know, uh, result that you're expecting, <laughs> yeah. um, I think that's a, that's exaggeration. So, uh, and, you know, true data scientists will tell you exactly that. And it's never going to be accurate, right? Yeah. So it is a combination of art and science. So, um, but we, you know, um, now that a lot of, uh, um, I guess, the data scientists starting to explore, you know, the rounds of artificial intelligence, how to leverage that into their platform to really optimize that accuracy. So um, that is all coming, and uh, a lot yeah. of people are out there developing those technology right now. And um, so we'll see. I think, you know, from that point of view, it'll also become extremely powerful and really enhancing the value of marketers. Because um, I think the days, you know, um, not being able to justify the value of your spend is gone. So all marketers, you know, required by, you know, the demand from the C-level suite, CEOs, COO, CFO, um, for marketers to justify, you know, why should you be spending, you know, so much funds, right? And what is the result we are getting? And how can you prove that is a direct result of your marketing effort all of yeah. that? So um, AI can become a really powerful friend, you know, to add to that equation as well. Um, yeah, I think that's a lovely way of uh, characterizing it, actually. And I think um, I, this is also the bit that I'm probably the most excited about. It's interesting to hear you talk through that, just the whole obviously being like a relatively technically minded person like you would have seen as well over your career like the the rise of the fact that as marketers and to, you know to your point to be properly strategic in marketing you need to be across technology like you don't need to know all the details and how everything works yeah. but right. you get in my opinion you cannot be an effective marketing person and, and you know speak to all of those things that you just spoke about without having a good grasp of like how all these 
pieces go together. 100%. Um, and it, it, you know, it would be great. I was chatting to someone then, like last time we recorded a session about this, about how, you know, if you had, as you said, your AI friend who can be like, look, there's a million options for like for every single use case. So you could be like, which is the best, you know, thing to use for, as you said, marketing attribution, like how do I tie all these platforms together? Because that is a nightmare problem that nobody I don't think has has solved currently. So yeah, I, yeah, I actually think that would be super exciting. And I think it's quite a good time or as good a time as any, I guess, to be to be coming into marketing or to be a senior yeah. marketer and in, in command of money and be able to say, look, like we want to spend our budget on these things and then our 10% testing is actually going to be on something that's genuinely sort of, uh, you know, drives digital transformation instead yep. of just like, let's throw all our money at, you know, media and, you know, do an event, which uh, is this sort of simple old old school approach, right? Hundred percent, hundred percent, and both in acquisition and retention, AI can you know play um, a very very significant role. Mm. Um, you know, the chatbot has been around for a long long time, right? You know, it's um, it's a I would say it's an old technology now, but that is that yeah. is a AI technology, and you know, if it's uh, um executed well, and uh, um, you know, it can actually uh, deliver better customer service, and uh, um, you know, if you're a startup. Uh, strapped with you know resources right um it is a really powerful tool you know yeah. to help, help your customers answer a ton of things that, that they can the, the robots can answer right so um yeah from technology one one of the elements is about technology um the, the downside is obviously you know uh, from for marketers um, there's enough technology out there already just like you said you know to understand now <laughs> yeah. more platforms and more tech it's gonna be mind-boggling for a lot of markets. Yeah, and look, I think that's um, you're kind of zooming in on a current challenge that I found. I'm, I'm sure you're the same um, over in the US, where your every platform that I have ever used now has the letters AI on its website. It doesn't matter what it is. Like I saw, like <laughs> Zoom Info are trying to pitch themselves as like an AI platform. There's like you know random CRMs who are like, hey, we're launching AI. Miro is like got some kind of AI for like. I don't even know what it does, like drawing boards or something more more effectively. And I'm like, you don't, you know, I know everyone likes to stay on trend, but it just seems a bit like everybody's making my life a bit harder now because I know that a lot of this stuff is not AI. As you've said, it's probably just, you know, either just effective sort of, you know, automation in the platform or just some basic process automation that I'm a big yeah. fan of. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I just think it's a bit annoying that they're all trying to label it as some kind of next level evolution of their platforms yeah. when, you know, I know that it isn't because I'm deep in them. But to the average person, it would seem that AI is now everywhere when it, it sort of isn't really, I think. Um, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? If you're, you're in a much bigger market than I am, how, how is it over there? Like, are you seeing the same thing? Yeah, no, um, th that's a really good point. You know, I, I think, you know, it's just like a web 2.0, right? When it came, <laughs> yeah. you know, everybody's yeah. jumping onto that bandwagon. And, um, you know, it, it is a buzzword now. And, you know, even with my podcast, you know, almost every episode, I will add a bit of an AI component to it. And, uh, um, but, you know, um, uh, other than that, the weather is a legitimate artificial intelligence. The bigger question and the more important question I will ask is, is that really helpful? Yeah. You know, that particular yeah. technology, even that is really having that, you know, um, the, the technology has, you know, leveraged artificial intelligence, but what is the outcome? What is it really uh, um, this piece of technology driving towards to? 
Is that mm. really, you know, um, inc- improving your customer experience? Is that really improving your productivity? What is it, you know, you're trying to achieve? Um, so I think that is a far more important question to ask, you know, when, um, you know, a, a company or a person is looking at adopting a piece of technology. Um, don't get just, you know, kind of like excited about um, the buzzwords. Um, still, you know, always go back to that strategic components. You know, um, AI is there to perform a certain function, yeah. uh, you know, to really help out with, you know, uh, really is, whether it's like a process optimization or, you know, to really improving that um, productivity or customer engagement. Um, so, you know, understand that, you know, uh, what are you trying to solve? The problem yeah. you're trying to solve. And then before you jump into a technology, um, you know, assessment. So having that framework, what what is the problem you're solving? And then what is the, what type of technology might be useful? You might not even need AI, to be honest, to solve some of the, the issues. Yeah, look, I think that's actually a really good point. Is like you know, because obviously, as as you say, as marketers, everyone gets quite excited about you know new new stuff, which is great. But um, I've been listening to a lot of um, uh, like Hard Fork, one of my other favorite podcasts recently. So if, you know, if you guys are listening, it's amazing. Um, but they they talked about a lot of um, a lot of very real world application stuff um, that people have been doing with a lot of these generative models. So they talked a lot about ChatGPT um, yeah. a few episodes ago and how people were using that to like plan their meals or build shopping lists and how they can you know buy the buy the uh the best priced ingredients and where to get them from and stuff which i thought was really wow. cool because i that's you know cool. i was yeah. getting carried away with like you know how do i do exactly as you said how can i do customer analysis with this which is obviously very specific to my uh, yours and my use case um but on a recent episode they were talking to somebody about this um and about the quality of the data that these models have been trained on uh, yeah. and this lady was saying look like for you know you sort of basically like western food is great like if it's any sort of you know generic western type dish is is really good but i think she was trying to get it to put together a recipe for a um it was either a thai curry or some sort of sort of asian themed food and she was like you know chat's idea of like i think it was thai is like you know throw some coconut milk and like some i think maybe it was an indian one i think she was talking about garam masala so she was like you know it's pretty it's a pretty bland kind of effort at, you know that that type of cuisine um which obviously speaks to as you said the, the kind of quality of the data and, and the use cases but yeah are you kind of concerned about the fact that a lot of these models have been trained on a sort of very specific set of data that doesn't it's not super inclusive necessarily like in that are you seeing any issues around that or um any potential pitfalls that that could cause um yeah 100 like um the machine um you know they have to take you know the data they have to actually learn based on the data you feed them right and uh, like using your example, like you know, uh, the machine is not gonna know how it really tastes tastes like, right? Yeah, exactly. It, yeah, yeah. You can come up with you know really, you know, bogus really to be honest, <laughs> yeah. language. But you know, um, at the moment, like when ChatGPT was launched, and it's not particularly very good at you know uh, factual research. Yeah, and um, you know, based on uh, histories or um, people data. And um, I have uh, one of my the one of the hats that weighs, you know, um, nonprofits, and um, so that is a volunteering work. You know, I do I, I help out when I have time, right? 
And so, you know, I, I have this like content I have to write about, you know, it's kind of similar to like Human of New York's type of storytelling. Yeah, cool. So, um, I punching, you know, to ChatGPT and trying to research. At that time, you know, I wasn't very aware about the, um, I guess, the deficiency of a ChatGPT. So um, I just, you know, punching in, uh, asking ChatGPT to write me a bio about this personality who is an um, Australian pro tennis player. And um, it spit out a beautifully written um, article about this person, even to the point that, you know, how uh, she was inspired by her fathers and, um, you know, how much she was taking home in earnings and all the um, uh, competitions she won. Wow. And, um, you know, obviously I didn't fact check the uh, chat GPT, which, you know, is a big mistake, right? You know, I, I should have done that. <laughs> And yeah. uh, so I sent it to the um, the person, you know, who is uh, um, the, the, the tennis player. She said, this is absolutely amazing. I wish that's me. <laughs> it's <laughs> so, like a wonderful fictional writer there. So, you know, like that's a, the rookie mistake I made, right? And I was just like, uh oh, you know, I was pretty upfront. I, I don't have time. So I feed that into ChatGPT. There you go, ChatGPT think really highly of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I think that's a perfect example. There is like uh, obviously, you know, I would I wouldn't beat yourself up too much here because I think perhaps to you and I, like you would immediately think, oh, well, it's a bit of a rookie error not to fact check. But then most people probably do just trust what comes out of there, right? They're like, oh, well, yeah. it must be finding facts from from somewhere, not realizing yep. that it's been trained on just whatever people have put on the internet which is we would know is not necessarily accurate in any way from from the yeah, years of content going on there yeah you know like people say ChatGPT can write you even write you a book right and um yeah. but the challenge is you know it doesn't have any reference so um it's you know i'm sure it's all coming right because now that obviously microsoft uh, bought uh, chat gpt Google has their own bark and, you know, once you link out a search capability with the AI, uh, the machine learning, the um, language model, right? I'm yeah. sure that, you know, they will get there. But at the moment, it's still not quite there, right? Um, so, yeah, you know, there's definitely, um, I would really caution marketers, you know, um, and there's tons of, you know, incidents you can Google. Um, that you know hiccups out there, and uh, to the point that even litigation happening. Yeah, and I yeah, believe yeah. that there was a, a law firm that actually used the Chat GPT and then cited the wrong case. And imagine that 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 is <laughs> That's embarrassing. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. In the court of law, right? Well, it puts your uh, bio faux pas into a good context. I think Eve, you know, if someone's uh, citing that in a legal context. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 100%, yeah. yeah no look i think um I, I agree with you i think that whole um i mean as, as you would well know right like fact checking is a is an ongoing issue for for anyone yeah. who spends a lot of time online um but i um i actually think um going back to what you were saying earlier where, where i found it's been a lot more helpful is um like we use it quite a lot, like my team and I, to, to do that kind of um, know your customer analysis because we do a yep. lot of like, work on social media. So we will like pull a load of data from, you know, people that we're trying to get to know, but then we just give much smaller sets of data to, to like chat. We've been using this quite a lot for just to, to do that like fast analysis to say, you know, from this body of three months of social posts, you know, like what were the, what were the most prevalent themes? What were people talking about the most? You know, what sites were they linking to? 
for that stuff, I found it's really, really useful because we're asking it for something very specific and a predictive right. model is built for that kind of analysis, right? Like it's just, you know, very specific use case. Back yep. to your point, we have a very specific outcome that we want. Right. And that saves us like hours of time because otherwise we'd be messing around in spreadsheets and, you know, pivoting stuff and trying to, I don't know, script something to do it. Especially with data, you know, like um, there's no way that the um, humans can catch up with the machine in terms of speed, you know, analyzing big data, you know, mm. machine minutes, right, you'll, you'll come up with analysis, whereas, you know, humans will be days or if not work or weeks of amount of work. Yeah, yeah. And that just isn't really high value time, right? I mean, it's just shuffling shuffling numbers around and trying to try to make something work to give you to just to get you to the point that you're trying to get to, right? I think I think that's where it where it really works. But um, right. Also, you just reminded me, actually, going back to your uh, your legal point, I read a story recently about um, this sort of funny sort of knock. There's obviously some tragic like mental health things going on. But in the UK, there was a guy, I think it was 2021, who um, thought he was in a relationship with, it was either ChatGPT or a similar a similar model. And he um, he was talking to it over the course of, I assume, quite a, quite a few years. And it helped him to justify a plot to go and attempt to assassinate the now late queen with a with a crossbow um, and he was caught breaking into one of her residences and then all this all this came out after he was arrested but um you know this kind of shows the this the slightly darker side of these models where he um yeah he he obviously was using it as a way to sort of you know put plot like you know this crazy attempt to murder the queen oh, um, wow. and apparently that set quite a there was a legal precedent set around it in the uk because he was uh, you know he's arrested obviously and that was a core component of um, his justification for what he was doing but yeah. it was it was the first kind of similar to you the first case i'd heard of where it had actually sort of supported a very you know kind of dark use case basically those are hor- horrific um you know cases you know like we can see uh machine robots you know um that that's been applied in our our life right and real world and yeah um, and on top there's also ethical dilemmas right and um i i was you know helping uh ai companies and um uh sitting on their boards and giving some advisories and um yeah you know like um they can literally replicate someone who's alive today and bring that person um, into the classrooms or whatever context, right? And then students and the audience can ask that person, and wow. it will, you know, almost, almost like um, answer like that person if yeah. there's enough data to train that machine, right? And then they can even like you know bring that person alive in uh, holograms and you know 3D video modelings, and um, you can be so realistic, right? And um, but what about copyright? You know, who owns that data? Yeah, you know, we already seen like lawsuit in the U.S. here. Some, you know, um, AI um, companies that they're using uh, certain artists their artwork to train the machine. So there is being litigation that those artists actually take those companies to court because, you know, um, again, you know, it's a copyright issue, right? And uh, yeah. um, you're using my data, my content, my artwork to train this machine. Um, then you know i'm not getting any benefit out of it you know you are yeah. or not so you know that is a huge uh open a can of worm um you know in terms of from ethic point of view I, I i agree with you i think this is a real sort of um an area that needs probably more attention with less of the panic to me where um you know in both those in both those examples where you've got like the the data that these models are trained on is largely just you know 
stolen, I guess, or used yep. used without permission in, in the most positive <laughs> case. And then yep. the models themselves, like, and this is obviously a, a broader issue online, is that there's not much of a safety net for, um, for people who are struggling and, you know, picking up the warning signs of people who might be in like a, a bad kind of situation mentally themselves like there's not nope. really anything there like i'm sure like you, you'd be aware as well that there's a lot of stories about how um you know people who are either depressed or in you know sort of difficult yep. situations and not like they're not necessarily looked after like it's very easy for them to slip under the radar as it is in, in normal life so yeah it's um you know it's rare that i agree with um just broad brush we need to regulate stuff but i think in this instance there's a lot of justification for putting the brakes on in certain areas and just saying look like as you were saying earlier you know models like chat all they do is play things back to you that you're putting in so if you're putting in really negative things all it's going to do is reinforce those things right it's like just it's there to effectively tell you what you want to hear like the uh you know, the courtiers of some kind of medieval, you know, kind of monarch, right? They're just like, oh, yes, no, what, whatever you're saying is a great idea. Definitely do that. And that's that's quite dangerous, right? Yeah, 100%. There's already, you know, platform out there um, using uh, uh, chatbots and uh, to do counseling, right? And mm. um, it's really, really cost effective. And the people, and it's, some, you know, some of them, I think there's, it's even free platforms you can actually use that to do counseling work. Uh, but it's a feedback loop, you know, 100%, you know, you, you're feeding and then not necessarily come out, the, the answer is going to be helpful. Mm. Um, so, yeah, there, there's definitely, you know, we definitely need to actually take a lot of cautions in that space as well, in health kids and um, in space that, you know, it, it can actually, um, you know, kind of infringe like intellectual properties. And um, that's why a lot of companies, you know, want their, their they forbid their employees to feed, um, you know, ChatGPT with any information about the company, sensitive yeah. data, right? And because you know, the more you feed, the more open, you know, um, uh, it becomes, you know, to to your competitors, you know, to anyone, right? Yeah, yeah. Look, like I think. Um... Yeah, I, I, as you said, I think it's an area that just requires a bit of um, a bit of forethought, which often people don't uh, don't apply to this stuff. Because I, I always joke about like marketing, you know, not really being like a real job. Um, and I think in this, what I mean by that is within this context, it has limited, you know, real world human impacts. Like it's hopefully no one's going to, you know, sort of off themselves off the back of a marketing campaign, right? Whereas somebody, you know, who is depressed, who is talking to chat GPT about how everything's terrible in their life, like that is a, a dangerous, you know, kind of real world use case. So I think it's a tough one, right? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what the solution to that problem is. But I think, um, yeah, we definitely need to, I guess, just think more carefully before rolling these things out to things like therapy, right? Like it's, oh, that's, that's a scenario where just cutting costs is not the best way to deliver the best outcome, as you were saying earlier. And a risk, right? You know, um, if you think about the um, NVIDIA's, you know, the Omniphone, sorry, Omniverse, right? Omniverse platform. And you can, you know, build digital twins, you know, it's all artificial mm. intelligence space. And uh, BMW has, you know, created a factory. The vision is that, you know, the robot can talk to the next robot and perform all the tasks. Yeah, know, yeah. Right. Um, but, you know, it opens another can of worms, you know, um, if there is a cyber, cyber um, attack, it literally can shut down everything, right? Yeah. So, you know, companies, you know, when they are adopting this technology, you know, really think about the negative consequences, you know, you will open up 
um, to the dark, you know, uh, internet and then the cyber cyber criminals. And um, it can, you need to have a contingency plan in place. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, um, you can have a really detrimental impact that you don't want. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that is, again, an area that I don't think people are sort of fully, I mean, uh, people in IT, I'm sure, are, are fully across this, but um, yeah. who are probably just waiting to say, I told you so, at any given opportunity here. Like, um, but they, I mean, you look at the recent, you know, data breaches. Was it last year that Optus got um, got hacked? And then, you know, it suddenly came out that they'd been sat on loads of information that they shouldn't have been storing. Like, there's just, already there isn't, you know, proper sort of procedure yeah. in place for data management and, you know, sort of deprecation and stuff. So it's, yeah, I agree with you. I think if you become a, a fully digitized yep. business without any fallback options, then you, you're at a pretty big risk at the moment, I guess. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, you know, similar to you know, uh, we went through industrial revolutions and um, you know, and then the internet, and um, you know, then we have all these you know social media and um, you know, have you seen the documentary Social Dilemma? And no, actually, no. Is it is it worth a watch? Yeah, it's, great, a good one. it's really really great uh, um, documentary, and it talk about and uh, these are the you know the people who pioneer and then really develop a social platform and then they realize that they create a monster, mm. right? There's a lot of social, negative social impact. A lot of these, you know, CTOs and, you know, uh, innovation officers and they don't even allow their kids to go on the, the platform that they developed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, right, you know, and the AI is the same. You know, I already, um, funny stories and um, I think it was a couple years ago and that's when my daughter was only eight year old and, um, I, one day I received a phone call. I answered it and I started, you know, talking to this person. And two minutes later, I realized that I don't think I'm talking to a, a person. I, wow. I think this is like a robot. And, you know, Alexa, those kind of, you know, um, machine is already available, right? Mm. And uh, um, then I realized that my daughter popping and then she say, that was me pranking you. <laughs> so she, like, she literally went down a website and they're dying my numbers and then I got a phone call from a robot. Great. <laughs> then I was chatting to, to a robot for two minutes. You're like, you've obviously taught her too well, Eve. <laughs> well, the kids these days, right? You know, they're so smart. They grow up in the um, you know, iPhones and they know how to swap things and then two year old, my daughter is already breaking my pass password. Yeah. That's it's crazy, quite right? Concerning, and, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, so you know that then you know it comes. Yeah, you know it will it will force the next generation. Um, they will become smarter. You know, do things that you know we can't fathom, mm. we can't imagine. But at the same time, they will come with a lot of negative consequences for them as well. Yeah, I think again, not just you know business and the, our marketers. So we need to be you know really when we are using a piece of technology, think about the implication. For your company, but at the same time for the broader, you know, community as well, and parents too. You know, parents really need to be on top of that. Yeah, look, I think that's a, a really sort of interesting point to raise. Is that um, it, you know, back to what you were saying about about being sort of strategically minded about this stuff, um, and the fact that you don't need to be, you know, you don't need to know all the ins and outs, but you need to know the the potential implications, as you yep. as you say, and. Um, I was reading another article about this because I think in the UK there's a there's a body of universities who've all 
signed up to some opt-in you know we should teach people how to use these generative models properly and it just made me laugh reading it because i was thinking as i was reading it like is that not what you should be teaching people anyway like to think critically about like what you're actually doing day, day to day um but they were like oh no we're, we're gonna do this now like and i was obviously as having done a philosophy degree that was like pretty core component of everything we were doing at the time but right yeah it just sort of surprised me because to your point, I guess most people don't apply that level of thinking. You know, they just kind of use yeah. stuff and they're like, you know, well, it's it's out there. It must be fine. Um, and I've been thinking about it a lot for obviously for my, my son as well, because he's got sort of at that age where he's getting into watching things online. They're doing, you know, they use Google Classroom in school, which is a bit of a sort of, you know, dystopian uh, thing for me. But I'm like, they've got a lot of good tools, fair play. They're not sponsoring school yet, but I'm sure we're not far away from that. But um you know he's he's curious and i don't want to scare him off but at the same time um you know i am i am scaring him off a bit because i'm like look there's there's a lot of things you need to be aware of that are on the internet that you as a an enthusiastic child just like do not understand are there behind the scenes um yep. and it's been a real eye-opener trying to explain that and let him explore without exposing him to stuff that i know is yep. potentially very dangerous oh totally you know i get you know when the you know the what was that called the Lensa, is that right? I, I, yeah. I might be wrong. Is the name the, uh, the image right? AI thing? Yeah. Yeah, you know, everybody was using it, right? I didn't because I don't want to give my photo away. And um, now that you already have, like, you know, um, Australia doesn't have a, a severe problem, but US here, I receive scam call every day. Yeah, right. Right. You know, there's a from human based scam call to robot calls. And now that you have artificial intelligence imitating your family members voice yeah right? that's pretty scary and then you know really starting to staging some sort of like a ransom scenario and that is really scary and yeah. a friend of mine actually received a call like that and uh, um lucky that she straight away called her, uh, her sister overseas and they realized that it was a scam call but oh, that pretty... voice it sounds just like her sister's voice yeah, that's pretty scary. So, eh? It is really scary, and uh, um, so you know, there there is in you know, a positive application. Uh, we world in a duality world, right? You know, the the black and the white, the darkness and the you know the positive side is never going to go away. It's always gonna be coexisting. So yeah. um, yeah, you know, we just need to be very cautious. You know, how we expose our uh, personal data um, into you know feeding into those machines. Yeah, look, I, I totally agree. And I think um, I know it's funny, actually, because the worst we have to deal with down here is, you know, like OzPost text message scams at the moment. So that makes me very happy that that's the, the worst thing that's going to happen. You know, someone's like, oh, you've, you're receiving a parcel. Click this link. And I'm like, I know I know what I've ordered from the internet. Thanks. It's not, it's not that difficult to crack yeah. the code there. But um, yeah, look, I think I think a lot of points have probably got a good one to kind of wrap on, Eve, like that whole... Um, as you say, there's a, you know there's a sort of there's a good side and a bad side of all these things. Like it's not like one or the other. But based on you know kind of the the area you're focusing in, what do you think is going to be the most um, effective? I guess kind of step forward in the you know the the generative models or the the process automation space that you think will actually be really positive and useful, as opposed to you know just causing loads of problems or loads of other random legal issues. Um, I certainly think in the rounds or B2B marketing that uh, um, the customer engagement that is uh, um, really, really powerful using AI to, you know, to get a uh, better engagement um, because, you know, artificial intelligence, what we talk about, like you can get your customer profile a lot more accurate, uh, accurate 
and as well as the content that you um, develop that, you know, speaking to those persona um, will become more relevant, more engaging. So from customer experience point of view, I think definitely, you know, a marketer can leverage that and to improve their retention uh, and acquisition, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, just have to, you know, uh, provided that obviously the machine is being trained well, obviously. So um, on that note that, you know, I'll go back to my first point, you know, don't ever forget about that, you know, that strategic thinking and also, you know, um, don't forget that, you know, end of the day, they are machines and uh, yeah. we need to actually review thoroughly of the work that's being produced as well. So I do see that that is one area, you know, within the next 12 months, you know, I think it's going to go berserk. And yeah, um, right. I, I do feel like, you know, content marketers do need to step to the next level. Machine are not very good with uh, creativity. This is where that, you know, content marketers need to be really strategic, you know, um, instead of a do, do the doing, and now you have powerful tool, right? You know, you need to actually, you know, uh, step up to do the guiding. And also, you know, think think about like uh, strategically, how would you engage with your, with your customer to get a better result you want? No, I like that, Eve. I think that's a good uh, that's a good kind of more positive note wrap, which I which I like. Like, I think uh, we're agreeing that robots aren't coming for our jobs yet, but maybe they will in the future, which is like good enough for me. I think. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, look, Eve, thanks so much for, for jumping on and chatting. Like, I think we covered some like super interesting stuff there. And as usual, it's a fairly broad-ranging discussion. So um, really appreciate you coming on and having a chat. No, thank you so much, Stu, for having me. And uh, um, yeah, I hope that it's um, all, all what I should is useful for your, your listener. Oh, it's a pleasure. Yeah, it's great to chat to you. Thank you so much, Stuart. Thank you very much for listening. This, I'm afraid, is the end of the show. Super interesting discussion with Eve. I think the point she raised about the fact that AI has been with us for quite a long time, but nobody really cared, apart from in certain niches, but it's now suddenly been pushed up to the public conscious was pretty interesting, largely, I guess, due to the ease of use and the open source aspects. The big question that came out of it, I think, though, was, is the current tactical excitement undermining longer-term growth strategy? Question mark. Who knows? If you if you'd like to find out a bit more about who we are and what we do, feel free to head over to our website, theflowstate.io.